So I swear we will eventually get to the point where there is an actual payoff. But I woke up this morning, thankfully the flat tire that I woke up to this morning was not something that happened on the road. Thankfully it happened at home. Thankfully it wasn't my wife alone on the road. That would have been much more scary to deal with. But alas, it has created a level of chaos to my day because nothing brings the joy quite like that level of chaos that you would ever find in something like that. So <laughs> that's how my days began. There is adversity that pops up and there are things that need to be learned through those patches of challenging times. And I'm not the best at dealing with being thrown off my routine, tons of adversity that happens. The old phrase, when it rains, it pours. Oh, when it starts pouring for me, and Trey can certainly attest to this, it can often go downhill. Now, Trey, I would like to say, and hopefully this is true in my defense, when I really start getting frustrated with problems... You yell at inanimate objects. I, you don't I, yell I, at people. A hundred percent. I yell at what I believe to be the problem. Often it's the computer. But today it was the flat tire or the carjack issue. Not being carjacked, thank God. We're not in Memphis here. But the jack up the car piece of equipment can you tell i know what i'm talking about with this so my general theory is it's okay to be frustrated now my language is a little salty at times i've tried to make sure the uh lord's name is not invoked in those i'm really really working hard to get rid of that bad habit and like to believe that in my tirades today that one stayed out of it so hey you know i guess we chalk up moral victories wherever we can find them here when frustration settles in um, but the thing is bigger picture. It's always frustrating when that type of adversity pops up because you don't know what's going to happen. And the thing is with a flat tire and getting it fixed, you, you don't want to go far on the spare tire. So it's the one time where I'm looking somewhere other than Feller Chevrolet to get the problem fixed. Cause I, I love it. I go down there for oil changes to get my engine checked. All the things that you want with a car like mine. I got a Chevy Tahoe from them a, a few months ago and very pleased with the car, with the service, everything else. But when the flat tire pops up, it's one of the few things where it's like running out of gas, where it's like, you're not going to get very far. If you don't get the pick, the problem solved in a soon enough matter of time. So just geographically, you got to have a backup plan. So Thankfully, that went into effect today. It looks like that has been taken care of, but there's adversity that came out of it. And that bigger picture thing that popped up kind of ties into a couple of things that we've got going on today in the fast lane. One, Michael Lombardi, the Daily Coach founder, and of course, you know him as well from the GM Shuffle podcast, as well as uh, his work uh, with his author, his writing work that he's done, um, and a three-time Super Bowl winning NFL executive, but he's going to join us around 540 today. And that is one of the major topics that we always discuss with him, just different elements of leadership, but getting better in self-improvement. And one of the things we mentioned today in our Thursday thoughts at Fast Lane Edling, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, is handling things like adversity when you're in the middle of the storm and how challenging that can be. And the reason for bringing that up is Nicole Jokic who was celebrating in glorious fashion, I might add, Trey. We are not playing his exact words here today because they are a little salty, kind of like my language. Different tone, of course. His is celebratory. Mine was frustrating. But none of them are really suitable for the hey, live Ed, airwaves. we're going to work on your Serbian, okay? 
Jokic. Jokic. There's a C in there. Jokic. Like Jokovic. Oh, not exactly, but close. Yep, you're saying Jokic. You're, Jokic. you're dropping the C. Jokic. There Thank you, go. you, Trey. You know, I'm, I am... Please, if I mess it up, continue to interject and correct whenever appropriate. Maybe not in our chat hey. with Michael Lombardi because, you know, it's more about the guests than about us. But Jokic, thank you for your help. It's the last that. show of the week. We're going to end on high notes. It is. It's the last show of the week because tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and maybe even next Thursday, depending on how the College World Series goes, that will preempt the Fastlane. We'll have updates, Fastlane, Edlane, our social media platforms, and maybe some stuff at Fastlane, Edlane, wherever you listen to podcasts. But the quote today from the Daily Coach was, optimism isn't about finding sunshine amidst a massive downpour. It's braving the elements while recognizing that the rain will eventually let up. And that's the hardest thing. You know, God, I believe, you know, I'm a religious guy here, so I believe God works in mysterious ways and throws these bits of adversity at you to just keep testing you and find make you find a way to get better and better. Now, I don't know how much forgiveness I'm going to seek at the pearly gates. It's going to need to be a lot because today certainly was an example of salty language coming out of my mouth. And I'm human. Frustration sets in. I'm trying not to blame God, but, it, you know, look, I'm a human being. Got to release the frustration somehow. So that's the quote that came out. But it goes along with what Nicole Jokic said. Jokic said. You got this. I, I, I you know, it, it, it took a moment. It was like a glitch, but we finally got through it, Trey. Here's what the NBA Finals MVP, the player that Trey and I debated whether he should or should not have been regular season MVP. We're not going to revisit that conversation. It's up at Fastlane Edlane where you listen to podcasts. But here's what Nicole Jokic had to say about adversity and how it has paved the way in his career. Clearly a lesson for me today. And I'm sure if you're going to take some truth serum yourself, if it's not been a lesson recently, it probably will be because we all have to handle adversity and really you don't want it, but the path to being your best self is lied with challenges. I think you you need, if you want to be a successful, you need a couple of years. You need to, you need to be a bad, then you need to be the good. And then you need to figure, then you need to, when you're good, you need to fail. Um, and then when you fail, you're going to figure it out. You know, I think the experience is something that is not what happened to you is what you're going to do with that, with happen, what happened to you, you know? And, uh, yes, Jamal was injured. Yes. We, we lose the first round or second round in the playoff. I don't even remember who, who remembers, uh, but there is a process that you need to, you need to, there is a step that you need to fill, and it's it's a it's not a it's not a there is no shortcuts. There it's a, it's it's a, it's a journey, and uh, I'm glad that I'm part of this journey. Yes, yes, yes. Preach it, Nicole Jokic. Preach it, because it's what people need to hear. It's what we need to hear in life and adversity. And people think success is all about being blessed with gifts and talents. Okay, yeah, you 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 do have to have that. I mean, no matter how hard. Trey or I try, we're not blessed with the skill set that Nicole Jokic has for basketball. Or insert your other great athlete here. Look, I'm a runner. I do my best. I try to win on the margins and do as well as I can. But I'm smart enough to realize that there are plenty of folks out there that were just blessed with more God-given ability than I've been blessed with. And there are plenty of times where they are able to utilize that. And to their credit, people utilize that. But you can pick whatever profession you're in. The reality is, is there are certain things you can absolutely control, but to be the best version of yourself, I think it's often lost because there's no glamour in this, but you have to deal with adversity. You have to deal with challenges. You have to find a way 
to persevere through that. And that's why I loved hearing what Nicole Jokic had to say about that, about going through those challenges and pieces of adversity, finding a way to do that, finding a way to be the best version of himself. Because you can contrast that with, and this is, again, not to be on the debate of whether or not he was or was not, should have been or should not have been the MVP of the regular season. But you contrast that with someone who clearly doesn't look like he's figured out how to handle adversity. And there are a couple of guys like that in sports. And it's just, it's a stark reminder what Nicole Jokic said that you have to be bad. You have to be good, but you have to fail. And then you learn from that and be the best version of yourself. And it's the right attitude to have because it's not that easy. You know, but remember, this is a situation where arguably the two best players right now in the NBA, and I get it, you know, all time, Trey and I can have our Michael LeBron debates, but one's been out of the game for a couple decades. The other is very good, elite, but not the best in LeBron James. And then, you know, there are other young players that are top high picks, John Morant, Memphis Grizzlies. And I, and we can joke about the whole gun situation in the sense that, like, if you're in Memphis, you maybe need to have a gun. I was in school there for four years and have plenty of stories about people thinking that uh, it was almost a requirement if you wanted to live there to have one. And that may be something that folks outside of Memphis don't quite grasp. But you also have to be smarter than that to go on social media. And the people with whom he associates don't ex- exactly seem to exude intelligence. But then there are other high picks as well. And again, not every high draft pick is a bust. Michael Jordan was picked third, pretty high in the draft. LeBron James was picked first. The weight of those expectations hadn't been perfect. I wouldn't say he's been as good as Michael Jordan, but you know, being the second best of all time or in the top five all time, if you want to, you or know, the nitpick, best all time. You know, I mean, you know, to each his or her own. However, you want to rank him, he's an all-time top ten player. He's clearly lived up to uh, the more than that. He's he's minimum top three, minimum. I mean, okay, you know, you, we can get into minimum, that debate. Minimum top I mean, three. That's but, not even an argument. Well, I mean, I, and there really isn't. I mean, you know, it's 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 Michael and LeBron in terms of what they've done. You you have your views, I have mine, but he's he's lived up to expectations. But the reality is, is he's had to go through challenges and adversity as well. All the jokes about his time in Miami aside, it wasn't perfect there. It wasn't perfect elsewhere. And he's found a way to do that. And I think just as a general sports fan or people in life, that's the beauty of looking at sports and understanding that. Pick any sport that's out there. Because you hear these other comments out there. One of them happened at the end of the regular season. I mean, what the hell is this from former Duke star who has been an underachiever? Granted, they're injuries, but he could get himself into shape and resolve this issue so that he has a body that's equipped to handle challenges, but the teetering on the brink of being overweight, Zion Williamson. Uh, I mean, physically, I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of uh, I feel like Zion. Um, you know, I, I know the atmosphere I'd be in uh, based off like the playoff experience. Uh, so now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. When I feel like Zion, first of all, I love the third person, of course. Nothing says, you know, humble quite like that. Um, but I mean, really, when I feel like Zion, that's when I'll be back and be ready. Then you've got Nicole Jokic, who has admitted he's had to overcome adversity. Giannis Antetokounmpo has done the same thing. LeBron, to his ever-loving credit, has found a way to battle through it. Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, they're countless players. You can label this, oh, it's an NBA. It's not an NBA problem. It's an entitlement problem of certain players in any sport. 
And a common thread is you can find a way to push through that, which is why what Nicole Jokic said was so refreshing. And then, you know, again, another high draft pick, the guy that Trey and I debated regular season MVP, but clearly inferior in the postseason, Joel Embiid. Remember what he said after the 76ers lost to Boston about can't win alone? Um, you can't win alone. Um, I can't win alone. I can't. Me and James, we just can't win alone. You know, that's why basketball is played 5-on-5. Five five. So, you know, we just need everybody to just, you know, try to keep finding ways to get better and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. Can't. 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 Can't win alone. Can't win alone. I mean, really? You know, when I just start feeling like myself again, I'll be better. Well, I mean, what do they both have? Immense talent. What do they both have in common? Zion and Joel Embiid. Very gifted players coming out of college. Top picks in the draft. What do they also have in common? They've had weight issues because it takes a lot of discipline and mental fortitude to combat that, keep yourself in good shape, and find a way to make sure your body can handle the rigors of a season and weather the potential challenges that pop up and the adversity that pops up when those situations arise. Because there are plenty of other players that were not number one picks in the draft. Steph Curry... Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nicole Jokic, among others, who have been extremely successful in the NBA. We'll throw Jimmy Butler in there as well. All of them have that common thread, and yet not a thing can be said about some others. And that's one of the things that's just one of the lessons that kind of resonated with me is, look, you're going to handle adversity. But when you do a lot of the little things right and you pay attention to the steps that need to be taken to be the best, that's the difference. Again, to his ever-loving credit, LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and others had the mentality that they were going to do all the little things right to maximize their game and to control what they could control. To a fault, sure, but they would do that. In football, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Well, guess what both of them did? They focused on being the best versions of themselves. We're starting to see that now more than ever with Patrick Mahomes. I'm an Eagles fan, but I can fully say this, Trey, that I think of Patrick Mahomes' NFL seasons This was the most impressive because there was no Tyree kill and he had to elevate his play and the play of those around him and overcome challenges on the offensive line at times, not having explosive playmakers like Tyree kill and they had to reinvent the approach and it worked because you put the extra effort in. That's called adversity. You need to have moments of failure to set yourself up to know what it's like to persevere through that. And I get it, there are certain bosses out there, generally they're bosses, they're not leaders, but there are certain situations in life. I think we've gotten better as a society, but where when you fail, you're out the door, as opposed to giving people a runway of failure, correcting them, and then expecting those corrections to take manifold. It is a fine line between doing that. But I thought that was one of the cool things about what Nicole Jokic said and why it's made him as great of a player as he has been Two-time MVP, and now in his third year of that MVP run, not the regular season, but the finals and playoff MVP, which he clearly, clearly earned. Do you want to be an MVP, by the way, for dad this coming Father's Day? The easiest way to do that, of course, is to get him a grill that he can use year-round and grill in style, like a Kamado Joe, a Traeger, a Weber, or a Green Egg. And you know where to go to get it? Because at Overstreet Ace Hardware, Lakeside Drive in Lynchburg, and 221 in Forest, either location comes with free assembly. Free assembly. So if you're thinking of dad, and you're like me with the car where I don't really know what I'm doing, which is why I call the tow company or generally take it to Feller Chevrolet or sometimes other places when issues arise and just say, y'all are the experts. I, I know I have to pay, but I'm paying you because you're experts. 
And Feller Chevrolet, they are experts with GM cars and plenty of other cars as well that they can service. Well, guess what? At Overstreet Ace Hardware, they're experts. So they can assemble that grill that you buy from Overstreet Ace Hardware. Either location, and they do it for free. So you can be the hero this Father's Day without actually having to do the assemblage work that is required when you buy a grill. The experts take care of it. That way you can just sit there and bask in the smile of your father this Father's Day. Thanks to Overstreet Ace Hardware. Now, there are other topics that Trey and I get to discuss right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. There are a lot of things on which I will criticize the NBA, but one thing they deserve credit for is banning sportsbook operators from using the term, I'll use air quotes on this, risk-free in any advertising that appears on league or team-controlled platforms. And they've encouraged their broadcast partners to do the same. And they expect those changes to be fully into effect now by the fall of the 2023 season. Look, as much as anything, I, you know, Trey and I like to get down and we make our votes of confidence fairly regularly. And we'll get to some on the College World Series uh, in a moment in the Fast Five at Five-ish. But nothing is without risk in sports betting. I think it's 100% necessary to rephrase that because it does give off the false impression that there is no risk, even if it is a, quote, free bet, end quote. And what that may often mean is a bonus bet, bonus dollars that can be used to place a wager somewhere else. There's always the risk that you could lose the bet. You may have the best pick in the world and the best selection that's out there, but something fluky can pop up because it's sports. Trey and I have plenty of examples out there, I'm sure both of us, of what you could call bad beats. Texas to win the College World Series, and the players lose the ball in the lights in the Super Regional, and they go from potentially winning the game to losing the game against Stanford. That is a bad beat. But whether that was a free bet or not, there was risk involved, and as an adult, it is on us to understand that. Trey, you were going to add something. I was going to say that was the forced uh, extra innings, but points to remains. Yes, very much indeed. Speaking of comments out there, by the way, and risks that come out there. Number four. Yesterday, we discussed LCA running back Gideon Davidson committing to play at Clemson and why that's a fit and why that makes sense. I will be monitoring, though, a couple of things. He's played defensive back for LCA. I'm curious if he'll get more carry and run there uh, over the next while. And, and I don't blame him at all for this, but whether LCA uses him in a multifaceted role where they split him out wide, maybe in more of a gadget play formation, and if that continues when he gets to Clemson, the reason being, we saw this with Dalvin Cook, we've seen this with Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard and others, they're all great offensive weapons, but when you're a running back, it's really hard to command big bucks over a longer period of time, and the ability to be an offensive weapon as opposed to a running back changes that immensely. You could argue that Debo Samuel of the 49ers is an offensive weapon as opposed to a running back, but by having that skill set and being labeled that way, he was able to get a bigger payday than he would have as just a traditional running back. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey, traditional running back, same team, both with San Francisco, but how he markets and presents himself is a big difference, and that way he can make more money. And when you are a professional athlete, especially someone who plays running back in some capacity, you have a limited shelf life, which means you need to find every angle you can get to obtain as many dollar, dollar, 
bills, y'all. As you possibly can. Number three. The deal between the city and NASCAR is a three-year deal with two option years beyond that. And NASCAR says they remain committed to seeing this contract through until the end. This, according to the Chicago Tribune, which, yes, should lead you to believe that NASCAR may or may not be on the ropes in Chicago. And the reason why is that sure sounds like a comment that someone from NASCAR has leaked out there. And whether it's the Chicago Tribune now or FrenchStretch.com and Trey's colleagues there, we'll hear from one of them, Danny Peters, momentarily in the fast lane, or what we've also gotten in previous times, Adam Stern of Sports Business Journal. It appears as though there's a lot of brushback. I think NASCAR is laying the groundwork that they want the race to go off without a hitch. But if it's a one-year deal, which I tend to believe that it's going to be a one-year deal based on Montreal being rumored to be another track on the road course schedule for NASCAR that they may pull out of Chicago and keep hearing stories about logistical hurdles. To me, this is the classic leakage where somebody has an agenda and it seems like this time Chicago wants out and NASCAR wants to make sure that they aren't getting the blame for that number two speaking of things with nascar trey there is no nascar race this coming weekend true or false out of the three potential weekends and nascar only has one off weekend on the schedule out of the three potential weekends father's day before that mother's day and before that easter of the three that should not have a nascar date father's day is the least likely one to fit that bill yeah, it feel, feel, feels, excuse me if I can say words, maybe I need the off weekend, feels like Father's Day, that could be an activity you do for Father's Day, is like go to the race. Uh, yeah, 100%. So. And the other one is, you know, I mean, look, I, I personally, I would think you take Mother's Day off because moms often just want you to hang out with them or do a bunch of things with the kids so that she can have quiet time together which actually means i think if you have a race around it's a good thing because you can just have the family and the kids watch the race while mom does whatever she wants in peace and quiet easter is the logical one because nascar's base for better or worse very protestant based and therefore less likely to want to be doing things like going to a race on Easter Sunday. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Well, as you know by now, there is no Fast Lane Friday as well as this coming Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because of the College World Series on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network starting at 1.40 p.m. each of those days as well as Saturday and Sunday, we might add. Trey, is it going to be LSU versus Florida? Is it going to be Wake Forest versus Florida? What do you think ends up happening? Who's the final four and who plays for the championship? Ooh, final four. That's a tough one. Um, uh, I already picked my champion. I picked it all along. I've stuck with it. If you listen to the latest episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast, which is out right now, um, it I picked Wake Forest. They've been the most dominant team by far in the College World Series. They have the best pitcher in the country. They have a great lineup. So I'm going with Wake Forest. I think I'll go with, to finish that out, I'll go with Florida, TC, I'll say Florida, Virginia will be the final four on that side, they, even though they play each other first. I, see, I still see those two ending up. I'll say Wake and, you know what, I'll say Tennessee. Tennessee, okay. Fair enough. For our sake, I hope Virginia's in that mix as well because, well, it I have the final four. Us. Final four would be great. 
Love it if they made it to the final round, but we'll see where that goes. And there is your Fast Five at five-ish. Trey, you've got one more nugget it, along with me. I was going to say that. If they do play Wake Forest in an all-ECC final, I looked this up last night. They actually hadn't played each other this year. How about that? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think that's very interesting. A little nugget from Trey, as he often has on the Foul Ball Area podcast. By the way, literally teeing off as we speak, Isaac Simmons. Liberty golfer and former Jefferson Forest star at the U.S. Open. One of the last to tee off at the event. We'll keep you apprised of that, and we'll have recap shows every evening at 11 o'clock on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app from Westwood One. In the meantime, when we return to NASCAR, Danny Peters was out in Sonoma. We'll ask him about the street course at Chicago, F1, and more here in the Fast Lane on the Virginia Talk Radio Network.